Turn your Bibles to Psalm 27, verse 4. Psalm 27, verse 4 is where we're going to study in God's Word today. If I were to ask you this morning, what is the greatest need in your life? What do you think you would say? And I want to caution you from over-spiritualizing that answer because we're in church. I want you to really honestly answer what you think is the greatest need in your life. How many times a week do you think we say in our minds, I need blank? How many times? I thought about that this week. We say it all the time. At least if we don't say it, we think it. Well, you might say, well, Pastor, since you ask, I need to spend more time with my family. Or I need a job. Or I need to exercise more. I need to get my life straight. What is it that comes to mind when you think about that question? What is it right now that you really need in your life? There could be any number of things that we might think of to finish that statement. And all of those may or may not be valid needs that we have today. Let's think about it another way. What we just mentioned above might be some overarching thing that that as you sit back and as you reflect over your life, you think as a whole you need in your life right now. But let's think about it in terms of tomorrow, Monday morning. If I were to stop by your house at breakfast on Monday and I were to ask you, so-and-so, what do you need today? What do you think it might be? What do you think might be a good example of the kind of thing you would say and answer that question on any given day. You might say, I need you to quit asking me these deep questions. It's making my head hurt. (laughs) You might say, I need my husband to change my attitude today. It's already affecting the way my day has started. You might say, I need my kids to be a little bit more cooperative. You might say, children, I need my parents to cut me some slack. I need my teacher to reschedule that test. Amen. (laughs) I I need for my boss to recognize how hard I've been working. You know what I really need? I need for that traffic to lighten up so I can get to work on time. The list could go on and on according to the day that we ask Him. Today I want us to turn to God's Word because it's there that we find out what you and I really need most of all. Whether we're reflecting on our lives in general and just saying, you know, as a a general thought this is what I need or whether we're thinking about today specifically this day any particular day of the week the Bible says this is the one thing that you and I need the most so let's turn to Psalm 27 together I've always loved Psalm 27 because it's in this psalm that there are many great verses that deal with some key issues that we face in life apparently this is one of the psalms of King David of Israel who was quite a musician And he wrote many of the psalms, which are really songs in God's Word, meant to be sung. Now, (laughs) don't worry, I'm not going to try to sing Psalm 27 as we read it today. But in this psalm, David is talking about a difficult situation he's facing. And he shares about the hope and the trust that he has in God. He shares about a confidence that he has, even though there are people or circumstances that seem to be against him. In verse 4, though, is what I want us to focus on today. He talks about our greatest need. And first of all, I want us to think about what is our greatest need. In Psalm 27, verse 4, the first part of that verse, David tells us. He says, one thing I have asked from the Lord. One thing I have asked from the Lord, that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. David says, there is one thing 
that I am asking from God. There is one thing that I have decided to seek after in my life. Now that's a pretty big statement, isn't it? Have you ever asked God for anything? <laughs> yeah, you want to update? <laughs> I just asked Him 30 minutes ago for this, or yesterday I asked Him for this, or last week I asked Him for this. Have you ever asked Him for anything so important that you said to the Lord, God, would you please, would you please, God, if you don't do anything else, would you please just do this one thing for me? David said that he said that to God. It's similar to what the Apostle Paul talked about in Philippians 3, verses 7 through 14. It's similar to what a lady named Mary wanted from God in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Let's look at what it is. David says, this is the one thing in my life that I have asked from the Lord, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Now, some people believe that he's specifically referring here to the tabernacle. The tabernacle was just a tent. It later became a more permanent building that we call the temple. And that tent, or later the temple, was where God had said He would live among His people, the Jewish nation. It's where His presence dwelt among His people in the Old Testament. And some people believe that as David was being persecuted, that he had been chased away from being able to be in the tabernacle or in that tent of meeting with God. But he longed to get back to that place. Now, if that is specifically what David's referring to, though, it's only because of what that place represented. Ultimately, can you hear it in these verses? Ultimately, what David was saying from his heart was, I just want to be where God is. Amen? That's what David was saying. God told us he wants, he wants to meet with us in his tabernacle. If that's where he wants to meet with us, that's where I want to be. I just want to be where God is. David said, I want to dwell with God. I want to be in God's presence, in God's house. And how often did David want to be in that place? According to this, it says, I want to be in God's house every single day of my life. That is the one thing that David wanted above all else in his life. In Psalm 84, verse 10, the psalmist says this, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand outside. I would rather stand at the threshold of the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. The psalmist says, I would rather have one day in God's house, in God's presence, than a thousand days anywhere else. He says, I'd rather hold the door at God's house, even if they wouldn't let me go in. I'd just rather stand at the doorstep and let other people go in than to be away from God. The Bible tells us this is our greatest need. Now, when you hear me say to be in God's house, you may translate that. Maybe you have a church background. You may, you may think, I mean, you ought to be at church a lot. That's not what we're saying. We're talking about being in the presence of God. That is our greatest need, to talk with Him every day, to walk with Him every day, every step of our lives, and even to stay in His house forever, as Psalm 23, verse 6 talks about. Now, I mentioned Luke chapter 10 earlier, the story in Luke 10, verses 38 through 42. Jesus told a very hardworking and a very busy lady named Martha that she had many things, even good things, on her mind. But Jesus told her that there was only one thing that she really needed in her life. Her biggest need, according to Jesus, was to sit at His feet, just like her sister Mary. In uh, Luke 10, verse 38, it says, Now as they were traveling along, He, Jesus, entered a village, and a woman named Martha, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, we know this family, 
uh, great friends of Jesus, a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, or you could translate that, with her much service. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. Can you imagine bossing Jesus around? I mean, this lady was like, look, I need some help here. She'd even tell God, don't you care that I'm the one doing all the work here? Then tell her to help me. I thank the Lord that he's kind and compassionate. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. Can't you just see the love in his heart? Can't you just see the tenderness as he looked into her, her eyes? Can't you just see how much he cared for her? How much it broke his heart that she was trying to do good things, wasn't she? I mean, she wasn't running around doing a sinful, awful, whatever, bad things with her life or rebelling against God or whatever. She was trying to serve the Lord even. He says, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only, do you hear it again? Just like Psalm 27, but only one thing is necessary. Isn't that amazing? God's Word tells us one thing, twice here, but only one thing is necessary. Only one thing is needed. It can be translated, therefore Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. It's where God's Word starts in the Bible and it's where the story ends. Have you noticed that? The story starts that God wants us to walk with Him in the cool of the day in the garden. And the story ends with God is preparing a place called heaven for us to finish up this life and to spend all of eternity with Him. God is passionate. His desire has always been about you and me being with Him. And you might say, well, Robbie, I know that. And I can't wait to get to heaven. I can't wait to be with the Lord. My goodness, has no one ever told you He wants to be with you right now. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven to be with the Lord. That's why He died on the cross. He died on the cross because He knew that we could not get to Him. Yes, we couldn't get to heaven, but we couldn't get to Him before heaven. We had no access to God. So Jesus died to pay the price. There was a price that had to be paid for us to be admitted into God's presence, for us to, be, to have access into God's presence. And Jesus paid that price for us on the cross. That's why he sent his spirit. You know, I am glad that God meets with us here, aren't you? I'm glad that for some reason he decides on 400 Brook Lane to be here among us. Isn't it doesn't seem kind of silly? Why would God just he's a, he's eternal. Why would he up in the heavens and he transcends everything? Why would he decide to come and meet in this little place called 400 Brook Lane with us? I'm glad he does though. But you know what? I don't have to wait for Sunday at 8 o'clock to come into his presence. The Bible says that God has accomplished access for me into His presence any time and any place. John 14 verse 17 tells us, Because of His Spirit, He will be with us and He will be in us. So let me ask you, have you come to a place in your life where you have trusted in Jesus as your personal Savior? where God has provided the access. I thought about this week, it's almost like we get backstage passes to God, don't we? I mean, we, we go to the concert and we get to see the star of the show, but you know what? It's not backstage passes. We get front row seats and he actually brings us up on the stage and tells everybody how proud he is that we're his children. God gives us that kind of access 
when we receive Christ as our personal Savior. So I ask you today, friend, have you ever received that access to God by surrendering your will to God and receiving Christ as your Savior? And Christian, now that you have that access to God, are you taking advantage of what God has purchased for you? Are you coming into His presence on a regular basis? And I want to say it this way. Is it to the point in your life, and I want you to hear this, is it to the point in your life that you feel like this? There are many things that I have to do today. And maybe rightfully so, right? I mean, I'm a mom or I'm a parent, you know, I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a wife, I'm a worker. There are things that I'm responsible for. But have you boiled it down to this point? The one thing that I must do, I must see accomplished in my life, no matter if anything else happens today, is to meet with the Lord. Have you gotten to that place, friend? That's where, the, that's where David was. I want to challenge you to honestly answer that question. I want to tell you, over the last couple of months of my life, that's why I'm one of the reasons that I'm sharing this message with you today because over the last couple of months of my life, that's the thing that God has been challenging me with at the end of the day. You know what? There are things to accomplish, but did you meet with me today? You see, maybe you're a lot like me. I make a lot of excuses for not spending the time that I need with God. Do you do that? But there are too many days when by the end of the day, no matter what my excuses are, the bottom line is what? It just didn't happen today. So I've begun to realize from the verses that we're talking about that this needs to be my top priority. This is not one among the mix of many. This, according to God's Word, needs to be the thing that I get most frustrated about if it's not accomplished in my day today. If I should have completed that one final piece of paperwork that I need to turn in tomorrow, if I should have done that, but I didn't before I came home today, if I got that email and I should have sent a reply back today, I really know that it it should have been taken care of today, but I didn't. If, If I needed to get those dishes out of the sink, or I needed before I went to bed to clean up all those toys that the kids left in the floor, but I but I didn't, but I know that I met with God. I know that of all the things, I mean, just let the dust settle on this day, of all the things that were accomplished, I know there is one thing that happened. I know today that I met with my Maker. I met with Almighty God, my Savior, my God, and my friend. Again, maybe you're like me sometimes. I like to talk about God. I like to think about being with Him. I like to be around other people who've been with Him. And I like to think that I'm a person who does meet with Him. But if I'm not careful, life takes over my good intentions. Amen? And God wants to teach us today that our greatest need, the thing that sticks out uh, far above the rest this very day, this day, not tomorrow, not yesterday, this day, if nothing else gets accomplished this day, if you have nothing else to show for this day, Have you met with God? Will you meet with God? And not just to pop in on Him. David says, I want to do what? I want to dwell with Him. I want to live with God. I want to stay there with Him. The the word abide is used much in the New Testament. Whatever you want to use, I want to stay a while. I want to be there and live with God. That's what our greatest need is. David said, one thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek. It sounds like he's going to pursue this. It sounds like he's going to be pretty intentional about this. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord 
all the days of my life. Are you there today, friend? Have you gotten to the point in your life where you would say like David, you know what? Now, again, don't forget the context. What's going on around David's life? He is being pursued by enemies. And he says, you know what? I need a lot of things. I need to be rescued. I need some backup. (laughs) I need support. Uh, I need some food or I need whatever he might say I need. He said, I don't need anything until I know that I've met with God. So that's our greatest need, to have a close personal relationship with God. But number two, why is this our greatest need? Psalm 27 verse 4, the second part tells us, he says, One thing I have asked from the Lord, that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in His temple. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Well, pastor, this all sounds great. Amen, brother. I know that's right. Tell them we need God, don't we? Amen. But wake up and smell the coffee. I live in the real world. I can't be praying for an hour. I got to go to work. I got to get kids dressed. I've got clients to contact. My car has to be in the shop by 7 a.m. After work, I got to take my kids to soccer. We got to come home and eat supper. We got to get baths. We got to go to bed. Why is this? Why is this the main thing? What if I miss soccer practice? Or what if I don't call that client? Why would this be the thing that I could evaluate my day by and say I needed the most? David said, I need to come into God's presence for at least two reasons. Number one, he says, I need to come there because I need to gaze. And number two, he says, I need to inquire. Now let's talk about gaze. That word gaze means to behold, to see or to understand something. He says, I need to gaze, I need to behold, I need to understand the beauty of the Lord. David tells me, I need to be looking at God. I need to, do you believe this? I need to, on a daily basis, be encountering the God of the universe. I need to realize who He is. I need to give Him His due for that day. I need to be overwhelmed by the greatness of God. I need to get a little clue in my life about the beauty of That word can be translated the pleasantness or the delightfulness of God. In other words, God is an amazing God, and me as His creature, as His His special creation, I desperately need, as His creation, to spend some special time in His presence every day. I need that so that I can have everything else filtered through His power and through His mind. I just need to worship Him. I just need to be in His presence. In one sense, I would say, when you want to be like somebody, you spend more time with them, don't you? And when you spend more time with somebody, they rub off on you, and we need God to rub off on us. But it even goes further than that. When we spend time with the Lord, in some sense, it's true that we're drawn to be more like Him, But in another sense, it's a good thing that when we spend time with the Lord, we realize how much we will never be like Him. And I need to experience that too. I need to experience that I am not like Him. Hey, guess what? (laughs) Uh, Get some new information here. Robbie is not God. He's not the king of the universe. He doesn't call the shots. There is a God in heaven who is good with all that. I need to be reminded of that every day by being in His presence, by considering who He is, we come to know and to understand Him better. We understand how mighty He is, what a king He is, and how unlike us 
He is. And praise God, he's not like me. Amen? All right, no amens on that one. All right, let's say, praise God, he's not like us. Amen. Amen. All right, help me out with that one. That's why David could say in verse 2, the Lord, now listen, how would you like to know today that somebody was in hot pursuit of your life? Think you might be worried this morning? Think you might have trouble focusing on what the pastor's preaching today? If you knew that it's possible somebody was going to take you out when you went out the door? But David said, the Lord is the strength or the stronghold of my life. Do you see just kind of getting stronger there? The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. You know why David could say that? Not because he had been in Sunday school. Not because he had grown up as a kid learning about God, knowing all the right answers, but because he had been daily in the presence of this strong God. And when this trouble came knocking on his door, he was confident that God was stronger than he himself was and that God was stronger than any trouble that he was going to face. He needed to gaze upon God and to get an idea of who this God is that he serves. But number two, he needed to inquire of the Lord. He needed to meditate, to seek the Lord, to search or to look for God in His temple. I need to seek Him. I need to find out His direction. I need to find out what God's will, what God's heart is about my life and about the world and what's going on in our world. I need to ask Him for help. I need to ask Him for healing and for answers. I go to so many places for my needs, but I really ultimately... Now, we realize that God works through other people, right? We realize that God works through circumstances or God works through real things that we have in real life. I mean, you know, when I'm trusting God for financial blessing and I get a check in the mail, I thank God for that person that sent the check. I thank God for the real money that's going to my real bank account. So we're not playing games here, but ultimately, I don't need that person, do I? And ultimately, I don't need that bank account and I don't need that money. I really, what we're boiling it down to again, is I just need God. I desperately need to be connected to God and dependent on Him. John 15, 5 tells us that. He is the vine and we are the branches. A branch cannot survive if it is not connected to the vine. Again, for David, this psalm is really about a need that he had. He had enemies that were coming against him. His life was in real danger. But he tells us in verses 1 through 3, he was not afraid. And his enemies were not successful in their attempts. And what did David attribute that to? Did he say, I'm just a cool cucumber? Things like this don't bother me. I'm not a worrier. You know, my wife worries, but I don't worry. It'll take care of itself. Is that why David got through it? Is it because he was a great warrior? Don't you know how many people that I've just very easily, lions, bears, battles with other people, don't you know how easily I've just kind of Taking care of those situations before? Is it because his enemies weren't too smart? Well, maybe they weren't, but that's not why. No, he attributes it to this decision he had made. He said, I have decided to seek the face of God. I have decided that being with God, no matter what else is going on around me, is going to be my highest priority. He needed desperately to bring his troubles to God. He needed to ask for God's help. Now, he may have had some other things that he could have said, God, I need this to happen. I need this to happen. But ultimately, what rose above the rest was David just needed to talk to God about it. That's what he really needed. So let's talk about your other needs. You see, the reason that you and I struggle to see this 
spending time with God and, and being in His presence, the reason that we struggle to make that our greatest need is because the other ones seem so great, don't they? And they tend to overwhelm what in our heart is the priority of being with God. So let's talk about some of your struggles. Let's talk about maybe for a lady. Let's talk about your husband's attitude. All right? You don't like his attitude? God, I need you to change that boy's attitude. Amen? Need you to change it. Nobody's going to say amen. The best opportunity for his attitude to be fixed is when you behold the beauty of the Lord. Is when you inquire with God regularly. You know what happens when I behold the beauty of the Lord? You know what happens when I seek Him or inquire of Him or search out for Him regularly or diligently? God changes me, doesn't He? It may be that I think it's His problem and all of a sudden I start looking at God more instead of Him and I say, I got a problem. I need to change some things. It may be that I need to be in God's presence for God to change me. Or did you know what? It may be that it's a little bit of both. God's going to change me. It may be that He truly does need to change. But guess what? I can't change Him. But guess what? God can. Amen? Maybe it's your job situation. The best opportunity for your job situation to be rectified is when you see God for all He is is when you inquire with God regularly. You know what happens when that happens? It may be that God will change your perspective about that job. Maybe it's a bad deal, but maybe God's going to speak to you and change your perspective about that job. Maybe He might move somebody who's causing you fits. Amen? If I seek the Lord, sometimes I say, Lord, change them or move them. Amen? (laughs) My... Uh, Somebody in my family one time was engaged to somebody. And I said, Lord, change them or move them. He moved them. I'm not kidding. The next week, the girl was gone. I said, whoa, be careful. No, I'm just kidding. That was God's grace, seriously. That That was a serious concern for us, for that person. God can move them. And God might open another door for you. He might have something for you right now. But listen, friend, can I share something with you? I have learned that I am in the best position to see God's answer when I am gazing at Him and when I am inquiring in His presence. Amen? Now listen, you had not helped me too much with amens this morning, but that is an amen. Amen? I'm telling you, God is good at this life stuff. He is good at taking care of it. He especially specializes in problems that we can't handle. You know why? Because He is strong. (laughs) There is nothing too big for Him. And I can't put all this together not to make your problem seem like. But you know what? Sometimes God says it's worth it for you to go through that struggle if it draws you closer to Him because He is, remember, what is His top priority for this day? It's not that you get another job. What God's top priority is, is that you and He have a close personal relationship. So you know what He wants that situation to do to me? To draw me to my knees. Not because He's trying to make me look bad or shame me or make me feel guilty, but because He loves me. And He's calling me back to Himself. And He's saying, Robbie, listen, 
you kind of fooled yourself into thinking that these other problems you could handle. Well, by the way, just let me show you a little video here. I took care of those two. But now you finally realize, here's one that you'll finally admit you can't handle. And I want to draw you back to a relationship with me through that. Now, this is not to say that you just hold yourself up somewhere in the, in the side of a hillside somewhere and meditate all day without ever taking care of real responsibilities. God has left us here for a reason, right? There are responsibilities that I need to take care of. But even on my best days, there will always be things that I should have done, but I could not. So what am I going to decide is the greatest priority and need for my day? What's the one thing I should be able to say that I accomplished if I did nothing else? It's like that story in Luke chapter 10. What Martha was doing was fine. It was even more than fine. It was super nice, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, she was, just, she was just trying to be hospitable. I mean, God is coming to your house. You clean up a little bit, don't you? But Jesus said, as much as his heart broke over what she was, her good intentions, it was not the best. Though housework needed to be done, though being a good hostess is a great way to serve other people, Jesus would have rather had burnt pancakes and socks laying on the floor, but Martha have time to worship him. Rather than having Martha attempt to have everything just right for him, but let her focus get off of spending time worshiping him. By the way, did you notice I said rather than attempt to have everything just right? I've noticed something. It's the lie about our way. If I think I don't have time to worship the Lord and I do something else that I think I need to do instead of spending time with Him, the other thing usually doesn't work out too well. Amen? But if I choose to worship Him and hope that because I made that decision, I still have time to get the other thing done, inevitably, it either gets done some other way or by some other person or... I do it faster and better than I would have if I had had more time. Any testimonies here? I hope so. I hope God is teaching us that. I, he's teaching me that. I, it's a daily struggle for the rest of our lives and being a disciple of Christ. This is the one area that the enemy loves to keep us from, being before our God. Let me say it clearly. You may think that you are too busy to pray or spend time with God, I believe God's telling us you're too busy not to pray. Maybe the reason that you and I are so flustered in life is because we have not spent much time gazing or beholding the beauty of the Lord. Is it possible that you might be less stressed if you met with God more often? If you had caught a glimpse of God this morning before you started your day, is it possible that that would have changed your perspective on the other problem you're dealing with? Is it, possible, <clears throat> is it possible that there's a fairly simple solution to the other need that you have in your life right now, but because you haven't been inquiring of the Lord about that in His presence, it's very likely that He has the answer for you. In fact, He always has the answer. He's just waiting for you and I to come to Him about that. Remember, that's His priority, isn't it? God's priority is not that I get my answer. <laughs> that's not His priority. Now, He loves me. And, and we don't hold back things that, from people, that uh, things that they need if we love them, right? So I can trust that God loves me. He wants to give me the answer. But 
His priority is not that He just be an answer box for me, that I just stop by, stick in my quarter and say, can I get my answer? God's priority is a relationship with me. Don't forget, that's what Jesus shed His blood for. He died so I could be connected with the Father. So what's the point today? Now listen, I want you to go home with this. At the end of your day today, at the end of your day Monday, at the end of your day Friday, is the number one question in your life, okay, I should have done this, I should have done this, man, I forgot to do that, I should have made that phone call, got to take care of that client, whatever it is, is the number one thing that evaluates the success of your day, did I meet with God today? Is that your biggest concern? I know some of us are going to say, Robbie, I pray all throughout the day. I know you do. Praise God, I do too. But I'm saying, whatever it is, a personal time with Him, all throughout the day, whatever it is, whenever your time is, can you honestly say you have encountered God that day? Did you have sufficient time to gaze upon Him, to behold and understand who He is? Did you spend time inquiring and talking to Him about the other things that are issues in your life? Did you go to His house? Did you go and dwell with Him at His place? Did you abide with Him? What you do with this greatest need today could make the most significant impact on your life than all the other needs that you have in your life. Do you believe that? The answer will really come out of how I leave today, right? God, do I sincerely believe? Sounds good. Pastors say this kind of thing, I know. But I'm kind of filtering out sin if I believe it. All right, I know all that. I do that too, all right? When it's all said and done between me and God, has God convinced you that this is the one thing you really need above anything else? He's going to do all that other stuff, isn't He? Not to say it's the only thing. But it's the main thing. It's the one thing if nothing else gets accomplished. And out of it flows everything else. Do you believe that today? Christian, do you believe that? Is that your top priority? So many times in my life, that gets crowded out, doesn't it? And I'm telling you, at least if my experience is true, it'll be a battle for the rest of your life to give your complete and full attention to God. And you know what I'm glad of? I'll never pull it off. But God did for me. I'm so thankful today. You might be here today and say, I can't pull this off. Praise God, you're right in the right place. Jesus died for people like you and me. We can't pull off God's will for our life, can we? Today, if you've never experienced the cleansing, that for you, you may feel guilty that, God, I should have, you know, when I was 14, I know you were speaking to me and I didn't. I was at youth camp just like these, these kids, these young people were this morning. And I did all that. God wants to cleanse all that. And he wants to start this day. Do you have a heart for God? Will you receive His forgiveness and His cleansing through Christ? Jesus has paid for all your shortcomings up until this point, this very moment, and He has paid for everyone that you will commit from here on. Did you know when Jesus died on the cross, all of your sins were future, right? Tomorrow He won't wake up and say, well, I didn't know you were going to do that. I'll take it back. When He died on the cross, He saw all your sins in the future. And when He offers His forgiveness today, if you will receive that cleansing, He has forgiven you completely. 
If you haven't received him today, that's where it starts. You can't go to his house. You don't know how to get there. Once you get there, you don't have the key to get in. We just don't have the ability to get where God is, except, remember what Jesus said, no one comes to the Father but through me, right? Today you need Jesus first. If you're a Christian today and you have Jesus, would God just break your heart? Oh, it's coming. Don't feel like the Lone Ranger. Don't feel odd. But don't stay there either. God, I want to grow in my ability and my experience of being in the presence of God on a daily basis. Would that be your commitment today? If God is speaking to you, would you make this your greatest priority today?